I mean, if you if it falls in the same category as like a, the Alien franchise, for example, which is definitely should be a Radio versus the Martians panel in the future for yeah. sure. Um, you just have to look at those four movies as sure they are sequels in that they exist in the same universe, and Ripley is a character that the story her story follows from one to two to three to four. However, really what they are is the same movie retold through the lens of a different director. So, yeah, until Ridley and, Scott and, took it over right, again and right, right. drove it into the ground. But I mean, th- that is the reason why I think Alien is fascinating as a trilogy, and you can just sort of lop off everything past number four. But every sort of every one of those four movies is its own facet, is its own iteration through a different filter. And that can be interesting. I mean, it three and four might have been failures on lots of levels. They're still very interesting, I think. Oh, I do. Exper- I, experiments. I agree. And I, it's getting back to this idea of endings. Um, we never really got that ending for Ripley. Right. That's true. That, that movie ends in a way that sort of implies that we're going to get another Aliens movie like, set on Earth. That you can just, or that you can just clone Ripley forever, and there will always be a Ripley as long as there are aliens. And the same thing with yeah. like the Spider-Man movies that Sam Raimi did. They just ended because there was negotiations that fell through about right. scripts and getting people back and... The same thing that happened with the Batman movies in the late 80s, early 90s, the ones with like Val Kilmer and Michael Keaton and eventually George Clooney. Those ones just kind of ended because, I mean, that's that's what happens a lot with a lot of these franchise stuff. They just kind of peter out and then occasionally get something like the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy that has a definitive ending. Right. That it's really clear at the end of Dark Knight Rises, whatever its faults. I have a lot of respect for the idea that they said, no, we're going to make this the last story of this version of Batman and give it a definitive close and then kind of move on. And that's something characters like Batman very rarely get. Right, right. And that's what actually, a couple of months ago, we recorded an episode about stuff in my basement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was in a much lower place talking about Marvel than I am now. And part of that is because of Endgame. Oh, oh, the purge. You had you had a nice sort of emotional purge yeah, for that and whole thing. It, there was a sense, though, uh, with Marvel films that they would just keep going forever and keep adding, and you'd be in this infinite loop of a second act that never ends. And that's the sort of thing you get with these sort of characters. And that there's something to be gained by what, letting a character in canon age and eventually mm-hmm. die mm-hmm. is that you get a sense of growth. And you get a sense of moving towards something and that the finale is one of the most important parts of any story. And the fact that there are characters that are just somehow exempt from that, except if you do something like Dark Knight Returns, which is a possible future. Right, right. So what we got with with Endgame is something I think we're never going to get in Marvel Comics, which is these characters have a final story that, yeah, you can do a story where Captain America is replaced by somebody else and someone else becomes Captain America, but we all know Steve Rogers is going to come back in the comics because he is essentially just ink and paper. Right, right. And ink and paper can always come back because he's effectively immortal, that there's never a point where the drawing of of Steve Rogers is going to go, I don't want to do any more comics, where Chris Evans can say that. Mm 